When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, uh, joining us. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're, you're very welcome. And I want to pick up on something we ended up on last week, but we didn't get full time to finish it. And this was to do with, and actually there's a similar question in today from, from another um, pet owner. And this is to do, last week it was to do with a 12-month-old uh, Alsatian uh, dog uh, who just eats gets a big food, but it's got into the habit of begging for food. How does she break the habit? Yeah, so it's it's always a very difficult one when they're begging for food. And I suppose, you know, we love our pets. We want to see them happy. But a lot of the time, particularly when we have pets that are begging consistently, they will become overweight. And in a sense, we are killing them with kindness because obesity leads to a huge variety of different diseases and disease processes that are very avoidable in older and middle-aged pets. So I think it's watching out for from an early age. Um, what I would normally suggest is, I suppose, first of all, make sure the treats that you are giving them, if you are giving them a very small amount of treats when they beg, I would normally say to avoid them putting on weight, either have an allocation of treats that you can give per day, so four or five, have them in a little tub on the counter and when they're gone, they're gone. So you know yourself if any member of the family has given a treat, it's been from that cup and you know how much they've had rather than let's say four or five members of the family being begged from and them getting an absolute plethora of treats and everybody else thinking that they've only given them a few. The second thing will be if you're concerned about your pet begging consistently and you want to make sure they're not putting on weight is if they do eat a kind of a dry kibble nut diet, maybe even give them treats as let's say a handful of that throughout the day, but take that out of their allocation of what they would normally be requiring for their morning and evening feed. So just reserve a little bit of their usual breakfast or dinner to give us treats throughout the day if they are consistent beggars. But what I will say is it really is discipline. So some people will be okay with them begging for the odd treat and giving them giving them a morsel. And, you know, as long as it's not impacting on their health as regards weight, that's not the worst thing in the world. But for others, it's not really something that they want happening around the house. And that just requires buy-in and discipline from everybody in the house. Eventually, if you, let's say, don't give in to the begging, if you've decided you're not giving treats, you need to make sure that there's buy-in from the whole family and nobody's sneaking them because then the pet will learn very quickly. You know, I get I get my morning breakfast and my evening dinner and in between, you know, it's not worth my while asking the family for treats because they're, they're not going to cave. Or an alternative strategy is you could tie it into uh, parts of maybe if your pet is begging, re-engage them in some behaviour like learning to sit or lie down or roll over or any kind of tricks 
and then they can get a morsel of food. So you're you're associating with something positive that's more more interaction with your pet, which is good for them mentally, rather than just you know flinging them a treat to keep them happy. So there's a number of different ways. Okay, yeah, because I, I remember and this was a number of years ago. There was a beautiful Labrador that was in our neighbourhood, and of course the Labrador used to wander around from garden to garden, and we were all giving the Labrador treats. Mm-hmm. And eventually there was a knock on the door from the owners saying that they were they had the dog on a special diet. <laughs> And could we stop giving yeah. the dog? I mean, he literally used to turn up at my back door looking for a biscuit and I'd see him coming. Oh, hi, Fido. And hand him the biscuit, not realising that then he was going to the house next door and getting another <laughs> biscuit there. So you do need to, you do need to be careful of that. Now, there, yeah. there, this is kind of, it's, it's similar but slightly different because this is an older dog. This is somebody who has a Jack Russell, uh, 15 years of age. Now, this obviously is something new, is constantly barking for food and drinking water. He's also started wetting inside in the house. Uh, would Jane have any idea on what could be the matter with him? Okay, so I think you've noticed change in your pet and change is always an indication for his visit to the vet. So if they're drinking more than usual, peeing inside in the house and that would normally not be their behaviour, that could be an in- indication that there may be a problem, I suppose, with the kidneys, potentially even some hormonal diseases like diabetes, hypothyroidism um, inc- uh, or, or hypodrenocorticism. So there's a number of different diseases that can come along with old age that might change the drinking and the urination habits, but also make them constantly bark for food. Um, I would say that there is a, there's a few possibilities here. Some of it could be part of old age, a little bit of senility, so that may have changed behaviour, but it does sound like there may be an underlying medical reason, particularly if it's drinking, peeing and eating that's involved. So I would advise a visit to your vet. It may be that they'll do a full health check, but I would say that it's probably a case that they may recommend based on what they find and in discussion with you, they may recommend taking some blood tests just to double check how everything's going on underneath the surface. But well done for realising, well done for noticing and I think it's definitely, definitely a trip to the vet is warranted. Okay, and then Catherine was on to us. She's travelling to France. Now she's going to be travelling from Ringeskiddy to Roscoff and she's bringing her doggy along for the journey. She's been told by Brittany Ferries that she doesn't need a ringworm tablet but her vet has led her to believe she does need a ringworm tablet so she's coming to you do you know anything about the situation on travelling between Ireland and France and the need for a ringworm tablet for a dog Okay, so I suspect rather than ringworm, it's probably a tapeworm tablet. So ringworm is is a skin disease. It's not something normally we can guard against with a, a kind of a preventative tablet. But normally it will be tapeworm treatment that will be required in advance of movement. And that's because tapeworm is a worm that's endemic to some regions of, the con- of, of countries and areas and not to others. Um, and we just want to avoid moving moving those parasites around around the different countries of the world. It is always best in advance of travel to double check the country's website as to what the entry requirements are. To my knowledge at the moment, tapeworm is required. But what I will say is there have been a number of instances recently, I would say, where I know in our practice, we've recommended that a tapeworm treatment be given before travel to the UK, for example. And that's not legally required. But I know anecdotally, some of our clients that have traveled have had maybe problems at ports. um, And it's always safest just to have everything possible done so that there's no problems even feasible on the other side. So I would say it's a difficult one. When you're getting kind of mixed signals, but I'd say the best thing to do is check the destination country's government website as for the legal requirements. But we should all be using routine treatment for type worm anyway. So we should all be worming an adult dog at least every three months. So I would normally recommend that it's good practice and particularly before travelling. Because you need a pet passport. You need a pet passport, don't you as well? 
Exactly. You yeah. need a PEP passport. So they need to have had a rabies vaccine well in advance of going away because there is a time lag period between the, when the rabies vaccine is given and when we could issue the passport to be valid for travel. So, you know, I'd have a second chat with your vet about things, but it is a little bit of a difficult situation, particularly, I know, you know, with the, let's say, the makeup of the EU and I know UK is not involved in the situation but that would be the most common thing that happens that has changed some things recently Yeah, so and, you, and you don't want a problem when, when, when you arrive you want everything to be you smooth don't. smooth sailing and, and good don't. luck and good and luck with your travels it's such a simple thing yeah, yeah yeah okay question please for Jane I've been hand feeding my one year old dog and now I simply can't break the habit at the start it was for interaction with her but now I feel I'm stuck if I don't hand feed she's very very slow to eat on her own. Any suggestions, please? Um, okay, this is a, a difficult and slightly unusual one. I think I can completely understand wanting to hand feed to have some interaction with your pet, but you know, I, I, I can completely understand you don't want to be doing that twice a day for breakfast and dinner. Um, certainly the pet should be able to eat on its own unless there's any other underlying medical issues. It doesn't sound like there is. I'll assume they're, they're otherwise healthy. You say they're slow to eat when they're not being hand fed. That's probably just because they're used used to being hand fed. If they will eat from the bulb a bit more slowly, it may just be a case that they need to get used to it. To be honest, I'd probably leave them to eat in the bowl as long as there's no, no other problems than your dog as well. I would leave them to eat in the bowl. It may change their habits slightly. It may take them a little while to adjust, but they will. They'll get hungry and they'll they'll have a snack from the bowl if it's available. Okay, Shane has a two-year-old mini dachshund. Uh, Recently, he started licking his paws and what appears to be biting his nails. Any ideas on what's going on, Jane, or does he need a trip to the vet? He needs a trip to the vet. That little dog sounds like he's itchy. Um, so normally we think of itching and scratching as classically kind of scratching at the trunk with the back feet or itching the ears off the ground. But really most commonly, I would say 90% of the dogs that present to me as, let's say, an underlying itch will be biting at their feet. And that's kind of like us because it's an easy thing to get to. If they're itching and scratching and their toes are a little bit itchy, they can get to them easily. Whereas let's say if a, if a part of their back was itchy or scratchy, it's very difficult for them to get to that. So normally it will manifest as, as biting or chewing at the toes. There's a number of things that could be going on from a simple parasite infestation right up to allergies. It really requires a full investigation. So I'd say definitely take a trip to your vet at this stage before it gets any worse. But well done. Well done for noticing and picking up on it. Okay, listen, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for that, Jane. And we'll chat again next Thursday. Brilliant. Thank Thanks you for joining us. Bye bye. That is uh, Jane Peckett, Pickett even, from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital, part of the Mill Street Veterinary uh, Group. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 